Africa, rise and shine. Africa, Zora. Africa, Amuka na Unai. Good morning and a very warm welcome to Africa Rise and Shine. This is Channel Africa from an African perspective and we're coming to you live from Johannesburg in South Africa. We're on DSTV's audio bouquet channel 802 and on www.channelafrica.co.za. I'm Lulu Gabu in studio with Anne Musa, Tabiso Lohoko and Figile Lingwati. In our top stories on Africa Rise and Shine at the Sawa. Zambia confirms first two cases of coronavirus and Chinese billionaire donates coronavirus test kits to African countries. In sports news, in economics news, Qantas grounds all international flights and in sports news, a Comrades Marathon Association defends its stance on the 2020 race. But first up, the news with Anne Musa. SABC News independent and impartial from an African perspective. A very good morning to you. I'm Anne Moussa. As the first vaccine trial begins for the coronavirus in the U.S., the World Health Organization says South Africa is among a group of countries that have committed to being part of a series of smaller trials testing different methods and treatments. Development of a vaccine could take many months, but other treatments may be developed much quicker. South Africa currently has 116 confirmed infections. WHO's Director General Tedros Hadhanom Ghebreyesus says the multinational series of smaller trials of treatments is designed to generate the data needed to show which are the most effective. He adds that this will be called the Solidarity Trial and he is certain more countries will join the initiative. WHO are therefore organizing a study in which some of these untested treatments are compared with each other. Many countries have already confirmed that they will join the Solidarity Trial. Argentina, Bahrain, Canada, France, Iran, Norway, South Africa, Spain, Switzerland and Thailand. Portugal has declared a national state of emergency, stepping up the fight against the rapidly spreading coronavirus outbreak. Possible measures include the restriction on movement of people, temporary re-questioning, uh, requisitioning rather, of businesses, suspension of the right to strike and restrictions to protest in public gatherings. Portugal has 642 confirmed cases of the coronavirus with two reported deaths. Globally, there are some 220,000 confirmed cases and nearly 9,000 deaths. The BBC's Alison Roberts reports. Portugal's head of state, Marcelo Rebelo de Sousa, announced the state of emergency in a televised address. Having chaired a virtual meeting of his Council of State, the presidential decree is in force for 15 days from midnight on Wednesday. After that, it may be renewed in the same way. It does not oblige the government to take any specific steps, but gives it the powers to ban unjustified travel, requisition factories and company employees, and suspend the right to strike. The cabinet is to meet on Thursday to discuss what action to take. 
United States President Donald Trump's administration will invoke the Defense Production Act in a move to upscale the rapid expansion of key medical supplies to combat the coronavirus outbreak in the country. The action will allow for the production of medical masks, gloves, ventilators and other equipment, particularly for those healthcare workers at the front lines of mitigating the spread, Sean Bryce Peace reports. Trump also confirmed that he viewed the United States to be on a wartime footing and that he was now a wartime president. This as the number of cases rose to over 7,000 with 107 people dead and rising. Trump, who continues to refer to COVID-19 as the Chinese virus, spoke while stocks on the New York Stock Exchange plummeted, triggering an automatic circuit breaker that suspends trade for 15 minutes due to the free fall. And finally, campaign group Human Rights Watch has criticized the Malian military and the UN for failing to prevent a massacre in a remote Fulani village which left at least 35 people dead. Last month's attack by a Dogon ethnic militia in Ogusagu happened straight after the Malian army had withdrawn from the area. Soldiers had been positioned there to offer protection following another attack in the same village a year ago in which 150 people were killed. The rights group learned that frantic calls were made to Malian authorities as well as the UN peacekeeping mission, warning of an imminent attack. That's the news headlines at 7.30 Central African Time. SABC News, independent and impartial. From an African perspective. Hello. To celebrate African women's achievements, self-emancipation, human rights and democracy, listen to Humanity, Women in Unity, an advocacy radio program against all forms of gender-based discrimination and violence against women. Humanity, Women in Unity, on Channel Africa every Thursday at 5 past 10 Central African Time and every Sunday at 5 past 6 Central African Time. Humanity, Women in Unity, with Dr. Amalea Gonez-Malka, every Thursday at 5 past 10 Central African Time and every Sunday morning at 5 past 6 Central African Time. Channel Africa, celebrating African women's achievements, the voice of the African Renaissance from an African perspective. Zambia on Wednesday confirmed its first two cases of the coronavirus. The country's president, Edgar Lungu, confirmed that a Zambian couple has been tested positive of the epidemic after they visited France for 10 days with their two children. The two cases of the coronavirus were reported a day after authorities announced shutting down all the country's educational institutions as of Friday. More from Hilda Akekelua. Breaking the news, Health Minister Chitalo Chilofia said the couple arrived in the country showing symptoms of flu, prompting surveillance team at the airport to carry out some tests. The minister has, however, assured the nation that stringent measures are in place to ensure that the virus is contained, adding that there is no need to panic. The father, the mother, and their two children were placed under self-quarantine. These parents are the two children traveled to France on a 10-day holiday and returned 
back to Zambia on March the 15th, 2020. As we speak, the couple and the two children have been isolated in our designated isolation facility in Chilanda and they're receiving appropriate treatment. On the Monday that followed the self-quarantine of this couple and their two children, our surveillance officers did visit the family and did find that, that the couple, one of the one of the members of the family had symptoms and they did conduct the tests. And like I said earlier on, the test results are now confirmed as COVID-19 positive. The government has since imposed some travel restrictions, which will see people coming from high-risk countries being advised to postpone their travel to Zambia. Dr. Chirufia explains that Zambian missions abroad have been directed to review all visa applications, while citizens have been advised to avoid non-essential travel outside the country. That Zambian missions abroad have been directed to review visa applications for would-be travelers to Zambia. At the same time, foreign travel to Zambia, to high-risk countries, we say should be postponed. At the same time, for those who are coming to Zambia, pre-departure screening has been intensified. At the same time, for those who are transiting in countries which are high, which are high risk for COVID-19, those are equally being screened. Meanwhile, all schools, colleges and universities have been ordered to close effective this Friday, the 20th of March. Dr. Chirufia says the move was arrived at in an effort to safeguard the health of learners across the country because learning institutions gather a lot of people at one given time. On the 20th of March, Friday, this week, in order to protect the public, these are the escalated measures that have been put in place. General Education Minister Mavumba said in an event of an outbreak, schools pose the greatest of risk. Thereby, the closure should be supported by both the learners and parents. He said the move taken by cabinet is a very difficult one, but assured parents that the learning institutions will reopen as soon as it's safe to do so. Uh, just to re-emphasize what uh, the Minister of Health has uh, said, you know, the decision to close uh, schools uh, is a very difficult decision. You can even see all over the world some of the countries are still struggling. They haven't closed the schools despite having very good public health systems in place. The wealth and safety of our children in our school is paramount. So this opportunity we are giving them to close on the 20th of March is to ensure that the pupils, especially look at children, you know, early education, now maybe some of them four, three, five years, you know, how do they take care of their own health? Other restrictions aimed at stopping the spread of the virus in Zambia is an advisory to all public institutions and markets to practice high levels of hygiene. To this effect, hand washing is encouraged before entry into a supermarket or handling money at an ATM. Minimize of numbers of people at church or funeral gatherings as well as cancellation of all conferences and meetings. Reporting for Channel Africa from Livingston in Zambia, I am Hiruda Kekerwa.
Kenya on Wednesday confirmed three more positive cases of COVID-19, bringing to seven the total number of positive cases in the East African nation. Kenya's Health Cabinet Secretary, Mutahi Kagwe, announced that those who tested positive are a couple that arrived from Spain on the 5th of March, while the other one is a Burundian national who arrived from Dubai on Tuesday. Meanwhile, businesses in the country are coming up with innovative ways to remain afloat in light of the ongoing partial lockdown in the country. Sarah Kimani Hasmo. At Tusky's supermarkets in Nairobi, consumers go about their daily shopping. This are uncertain times, the chief executive officer Dan Gidua tells the SABC. Every day, the turn up is remarkably different. Uh, on the 13th, 14th, and 15th, we had a surge in the number of customers, a serious surge. Um, we only see that around Christmas time. Um, so, what happens is in a very short time, our customers all came at the same time uh, in the stores and they were buying hygiene products but also they were doing their regular monthly shop. Last week, President Uhuru Kenyatta ordered a partial lockdown in the country to contain the spread of COVID-19. This includes movement in malls and shopping centers. Businesses are now looking for innovative ways to get the essential groceries to their consumers. You send your shopping list via WhatsApp or SMS to a number that is Taskis, your regular Taskis. The normal guys who normally serve you in Taskis would arrange and pick and uh, pack that shopping. And Sunday will bring it to your house and you'll pay by M-Pesa. Today morning, I think we've served more than uh, 400 people. The supermarket chain with outlets in Kenya and Uganda says it is hopeful that the slowdown of the coronavirus outbreak in China will see their businesses bounce back even as Europe begins a 30-day lockdown. Uh, 90% of our Chinese suppliers have now informed us that they are back at production. And in fact, the containers, uh, the shipments that were delayed in January and February because of coronavirus in China have now been released and they are on the way to Kenya. Um, our tally is that 90% of what we get from China will continue to come. Uh, in fact, our worry right now is anything that we get from Europe and Turkey. Just over 15 million children are now at home following the suspension of learning in the country. While some schools had preempted the closures, most were caught flat-footed. At the Longhorn Publishers' offices in Nairobi, Managing Director Maxwell Wahome takes the SABC through the organization's e-learning platform. Our content uh, is a combination of uh, assessments, revision assessments, and interactive learning materials. Longhorn has for the next 30 days with the learning material subscription fee. We, we, we charge between 500 to 1,000 shillings uh, per child per annum. But we're in a very unique situation right now as a country. And uh, with the, the, the COVID-19 virus and the shutdown that we have, we need as, uh, as corporates to come back to the table and say, how do we support the close to 14 million children that are now at home without any learning solution to continue learning? With recommendations by the government that parents observe social distancing, Longhorn says the response to the online classes has been positive with numbers expected to go well past the current 200,000 subscribers. As usual, maths and sciences are, are, are quite popular because those are the, ideally the subjects where people struggle to read mm -hmm. uh, remotely. You want to continuously test yourself with, with different kinds of assessments. Kenya 
reported its first cases of coronavirus on Thursday last week, forcing the government and businesses in the country to act fast to contain the spread of the deadly virus. Sarah Kimani, Kenya. When I think back to my childhood, geographically, it reminds me of a time where I was black and only black and only struggling, but at the same time, always reaching for something more, something bigger in a South Africa that was hostile. Hello, Africa. This is 1000 African Voices, and I'm your host, Avurengui. Join me on Channel Africa every Thursday morning between 8 and 9 and on Saturday and Sunday morning between 9 and 10. Rise, Africa. Rise. Channel Africa. From an African perspective. South Africa's President Cyril Ramaphosa has made an undertaking that government will communicate regularly and transparently regarding government efforts to combat the coronavirus. Ramaphosa had a meeting with the 14 leaders of opposition parties in Parliament to discuss matters around this issue. The number of confirmed cases now stands at 116. Zaline Merrington reports. President Cyril Ramaphosa says all parties are uniting in efforts to stop the coronavirus from spreading. They made an undertaking to be united and that no one would try to get political mileage out of the situation. Ramaphosa says all hands are on deck, no matter the party colours. We all agree that this is an unprecedented moment. We have not seen anything as serious as this confronting the entire nation. And we agree that regardless of our political persuasions, our political differences, all of us share a common desire to keep our people safe, but also to mitigate the impact of this virus on the lives of our people. He undertook that government would communicate regularly with citizens. An effective popular campaign against this disease depends on the provision of regular and accurate information to the public and access that people must have to screening. We all agreed that there must be continuous communication by government. And this was a clear request from all political parties and that we must be transparent, we must be continuously communicating with our people, and that we have agreed to do. The leader of the DA in Parliament, John Steenason, says he is satisfied with how government is handling the situation, but appeal to the private sector and big business to join the fight. To the private sector and big business, particularly, to get involved in the effort. This is it's going to require the best efforts of all South Africans to come together to fight this virus and the effects on our economy. It's not a time for anyone to be sitting back on their hands. EFF leader Julius Malema also appealed to businesses not to take advantage of the situation the country is in. We call upon all business people who are dealing with gloves, sanitizers, masks, not to try and maximize profit out of this crisis. We also call upon the private hospitals that the only way to avoid nationalization of those private hospitals is by fully cooperating with the Minister of Health when he needs beds for our sick people. It is not time to make profit. 
The leader of the Freedom Front Plus, Peter Grunewald, and ACDP leader Kenneth Meshwe called on South Africans to adhere to all guidelines. The most important matter for the future is how we can cooperate to prevent that we move from a state of disaster to a national state of emergency, because that is a, severe, a really severe measure. And I want to appeal to the people of South Africa that it is the people of South Africa that can play a role to prevent a state of emergency, uh, to follow the guidelines. And we are grateful for all the facts that uh, Dr. Mkiza has given us. And uh, when we have all the facts, then people are able to know what the truth is and not be influenced by fake news. Truth always undermines fake news, and we are grateful for that. That report by Zaline Merrington. Across the globe, every second, there's always a breaking story. Colton Joy for Channel Africa Radio in Ethiopia's capital, Addis Ababa. Reporting for Channel Africa, I am Hilda Kekeloa in Zambia. Our cutting-edge and hard-hitting journalism leaves no stone unturned, giving you the whole picture every time. George Muhango, Channel Africa, Blantyre. Reporting for Channel Africa, this is Moki Kinzaka. In Yawundi. From an African perspective, listen to Channel Africa in English, Kiswahili, French, Silozi, Portuguese, and Chinyanja, informing the world about Africa. Join us every day and know what is happening around you. Channel Africa. It's 7.21 Central African time and you're listening to Africa Rise and Shine. We're coming to you live from Johannesburg in South Africa. The South African Reserve Bank Monetary Policy Committee is currently gathering to discuss interest rates. Despite interest rate cuts across the world over the past few weeks, the Saab did not call an early emergency meeting. With a favorable domestic inflation outlook, deteriorating growth prospects and monetary easing globally, the MPC has room to cut interest rates this week. Given the severity of the current global situation and limited scope for domestic fiscal stimulus, there's a possibility of a 50 basis points cut in lending rates. To talk to us more on this, we're now joined on the line by economist at PwC, Christy Falyun. Christy, good morning, and thank you for joining us on Africa Rise and Shine. Now, Christy, do you think that the MPC might be forced to cut more than 50 basis points? Is this a dream or it could be a reality? Now, what's the upside of this possible cut? 
Now, what are the disadvantages, if any, of a possible aggressive cut? Now, with the possibility of, uh, you know, a downgrade or the expectations of Moody's to make a decision, do you think that uh, Moody's downgrade and the country's investment grade, especially in light of uh, the COVID-19 virus, um, is doing in the global economy? Uh, if this happens, how badly will South Africa's economy be affected? Chrissy, thank you so much for joining us this afternoon, this morning. Thank you very much. That's Christy Yoon, economist at PwC, joining us on the line. The mayor of the city of Eguruleni Metropolitan Municipality in South Africa, Mzondile Masina, says they've resolved to using their emergency fund to procure medicines from Cuba and elsewhere in the world as part of the city's immediate contribution to curb the spread of the coronavirus. While the country currently has 116 confirmed cases of COVID-19, Masina says Eguruleni has four confirmed cases. The mayor was delivering his State of the City address at the Jemison Council Chambers. He spoke about the city's programs aimed at improving the lives of residents. Wissani Makubel has more. 
Mzwandile Masina says, as the effects of the coronavirus continue to be felt in the country and across the world, they have set up a joint operation center which is monitoring the situation in the city of Ekuruleni and providing its administration with regular updates. Masina appealed to communities not to panic and instead follow the guidelines that government has issued with regard to the high standards of hygiene. We have resolved to use our emergency funds to procure infant B from Cuba and other related medicine elsewhere so that we can ensure that the current state is kept. This is subject to approval of the Medical Control Council, which is a relevant authority which will actually have to give us permission to go ahead. I must state, Madam Speaker, that this drug, once purchased, will be administered by our professionals. All this is being done in consultation with the MEC of, of Health in Gauteng, Dr. Bandile Masugu. Masina says he'll announce further extraordinary measures that the city will employ in trying to deal with coronavirus. All the less than 100 politicians in the council chambers were wearing masks as part of the city's precautionary measures, except DA members. DA caucus leader in Egurulini, Philip Dilange, welcomed the city's initiatives, but not without reservations. Well, I think the first part of the mayor's speech, he spoke about some realities pertaining to the coronavirus, which I think is totally pertinent. And I want to commend them for actions that they've taken pertaining to that. But you may have seen that me and my caucus were not wearing masks, and for the simple reason that I stated why. No one could tell us that it's airborne, number one. Number two, the World Health Organization states that if you have the virus or any disease, then you can put on a mask. I don't think we are sick, and that's why we're here. And also, I think, what do our residents wear if we wear masks and we leave them not wearing masks? And I don't think it's fair. EFF leader in Ekuruleni, Koketsu Mujatao, also welcomed the availability of the emergency funds to help deal with the outbreak, but called for transparency. We know very well that any funds that are in the hands of the African National Congress are not safe. Therefore, we call for transparency in administering the funds that are yet to deal with the problem. We've got just over 112 informal settlements where uh, refuse removal is not a priority, sanitation remains a problem, provision of water is a problem. Therefore, it, in that state, it tells us that the city is not ready to deal with the issues of uh, coronavirus. However, Gauteng Premier David Makura says everyone must toe the national line. There's no Republic of Gauteng, there's no Republic of Ekurulen. We are the Republic of South Africa. Everything we do ourselves will be guided by the national team. So I want to discourage any idea that a municipality can do something else. So one of the problems when we're dealing with HIV and AIDS is to allow the populist politics to override the scientific response. I want to discourage that. Gauteng municipalities must know we are part of the national response. Let's strengthen the national response. On service delivery-related matters, opposition parties criticized Masina's performance. They say his bold announcement that he would build 100,000 houses when he started his term was highly ambitious and unrealistic, and that the electrification of only 34 of the about 120 informal settlements is not enough. I'm Wissani Makubele in Johannesburg. Our headlines up next with Anne Musa. SABC News, independent and impartial. From an African perspective.
A very good morning to you. I'm Anne Moussan. The headlines, Algeria's president has ordered all land borders to be closed and all flights except those carrying freight to be suspended as part of measures to prevent the spread of coronavirus. United States President Donald Trump's administration will invoke the Defense Production Act in a move to upscale the rapid expansion of key medical supplies to combat the coronavirus outbreak in the country. And campaign group Human Rights Watch has criticized the Malian military and the UN for failing to prevent a massacre in a remote Fulani village which left at least 35 people dead. Those are the stories making headlines. SABC News, independent and impartial. From an African perspective. Welcome to Change Your Game here on Channel Africa, the African perspective. We're coming to you from Johannesburg in South Africa. My name is Asanda Peta. What uh, GDF Forum is about and what an opportunity it provides specifically for the audience of Change Your Game. At Change Your Game, we believe entrepreneurs are the key drivers of tomorrow's African innovations and essential to creating a thriving African economy. More support, just like invest more in young creatives and entrepreneurship, but actually do it, don't just talk about it, actually do it, you know, because there are a lot of creative minds, there are a lot of intelligent human beings in our country, so I think we should invest more in that and take it seriously, because it's a real thing. Catch us every Friday at 900 hours Central African time with Channel Africa, the African Perspective. South Africa's Department of Correctional Services says they are fully equipped to contain and and manage the coronavirus should it make its way into any facility in the country. Visitors have also been banned for 30 days as a precautionary measure. The number of coronavirus cases in the country has increased to 116 with no deaths reported. There are about 200,000 cases across the globe and nearly 8,000 people have died. Session Naidu reports. The Correctional Services Department says it hasn't taken any shortcuts in implementing measures to tackle the coronavirus. This comes as fears mount that inmates are at a higher risk of contracting the virus due to them being in direct contact with other prisoners on a daily basis. Department spokesperson Crispin Peary says COVID-19 specialist teams have been set up at all correctional facilities across the country to prevent the spread of the virus should a case be detected. We have actually put in place a COVID-19 specialist team, which comprises of, in each province, the provincial health departments, representatives of the National Communicable Diseases Institute, as well as um, local disaster management individuals to manage each facility so that if an outbreak were to happen, certain protocols will be put into place as to how we quarantine individuals and how to how we isolate individuals to ensure that the spread does not become rampant in a particular cell or facility. Piri says that in an attempt to prevent inmates and staff from contracting the virus, all correctional facilities are currently being sanitized. Firstly, staff bringing the, the virus into the prisons, but secondly, it's potential visitors bringing the virus into the prison system. To manage that, interim measures that we have taken is to curtail and bar actually visitors from coming to the correctional center for 30 days. 
The reason why we're doing that is so that we can sanitize the correctional centers across the country. In sanitizing these correctional centers, we will ensure that all the measures that are required to protect inmates are put in place, especially for potential visitors. The police and prison civil rights union, Popcrew, says it's concerned that the virus could spread at a rapid rate if there's a confirmed case at any facility due to the overcrowding at prisons. Spokesperson Richard Mamabolo. People were quite worried about that. In fact, uh, it's not the first time that we have such a panic. You remember that uh, there have been uh, numerous reports about the state of our correctional centers as it relates to inmate health. And of course, there have been viruses that have started. So with the coronavirus, it could be, it could get worse than we had expected. And we, we think that uh, perhaps there should be a way of ensuring that even though our centers are overcrowded, that they are balanced evenly in ensuring that whatever impact hits, especially in the Western Cape, does not fully focus on one center. Chief Justice Mohueng Mohueng says precautionary measures have also been put in place at courts across the country. The following measures shall be put in place. A. Decontamination of reception and admission areas, community service centers, courtrooms, cells and detention facilities, offices, lifts, vehicles, biometrics and ablution facilities, and all other objects that are generally touched by persons utilizing the facilities, including handles and taps. Assignment of officials who will sanitize hands of officials, including service providers, persons in custody, inmates and visitors at all entry and exit points. Africa is receiving assistance in the form of medical gear to help it combat the spread of COVID-19. The Jack Ma Foundation has sent the consignment to the continent to be distributed from Ethiopia. Chinese billionaire Jack Ma is the founder of multinational technology firm Alibaba Group. Koleto Anjohi reports from Addis Ababa. The 54 African states will get 20,000 test kits each, as well as 100,000 masks and 1,000 medical use protective suits and face shields. The donation will be delivered to Ethiopia, from where the Prime Minister Abiy Ahmed will oversee distribution to other member states. The foundation says it will start providing online training materials for COVID-19 clinical treatment to medical institutions in the continent. So far, 42 African states can test for or diagnose for the virus. Most of them are using and depending on test kits and training from the Africa Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Jack Ma says Africa can stay one step ahead of the coronavirus if the continent moves quickly. Abi Ahmed has expressed his great appreciation for the donation of medical gear. Koleto Anjohi, SBC News, Addis Ababa, Ethiopia. We're looking to thrive, not survive right now. That was the cautiously optimistic message from the managing partner of a small business in the United States. Factory PR is a communications company specializing in VIP and influencer relations in the tech, fashion and consumer goods sectors. And due to the impact of the coronavirus outbreak in the country, they, like many businesses around the world, small and large, have had to vastly shift how the company and staff operate while navigating impacts of the virus and the various restrictions put in place, not just for their own company, but their clients as well. Schoenbrars Peace reports from New York.
It's a message not unfamiliar to those running businesses across the planet, as companies walk a fine line between respecting a public health emergency and trying to stay afloat. It's a big question. We're being affected in so many ways. I mean, every Rose Swarbrick is the managing partner of Factory PR. Every single one of our clients, and there are 30 plus of them, are being affected in their own way. Whether it was supply chain when this first hit China, uh, luxury goods that are manufactured or, or designed in Italy, um, or companies in Silicon Valley where you know it's, it's currently on shutdown. So everybody's experiencing it differently, um, and we're having to be really agile and nimble to adapt to that. Factory PR is essentially a small business in the United States employing around 40 people at three locations around the country. At their Manhattan, New York office, usually a buzz of activity during the middle of the week with people sitting at their desks, working the phones, working their computers. But for now, everyone ordered to work from home as businesses embrace a new paradigm shift in the face of the coronavirus. Swarbrick says it's an interesting balance and that they're walking a fine line. It really hit home for many of our clients a couple of weeks ago when South by Southwest was cancelled. We had many keynote speakers booked to speak there. Uh, Coachella, the big music festival in, in California, um, we had a lot of influencers booked to go and, and activate with various brands. So this really sort of started this, this snowball effect. Um, and right now everybody's just rethinking strategies. We, we've, we've thrown strategies out the window that we've developed for 2020 and are now looking forward at how will communicate and how brands will engage with their communities in this new new world order. Their clients include ASOS, Hyundai, Marriott International, Happy Socks and Tinder to mention a few. I asked Swarbrick if she had advice to share with businesses and countries that are just beginning to come to terms with the realignment. As a small business I would say conserve cash. We're looking at a kind of a 90-day uh, window that we need to persevere through. We don't know what's going to happen. So you need to shore up your business, um, protect your people, um, sort of take advanced measures to make sure that you're able to work remote, test your conferencing capabilities, make sure that um, you're able to operate remotely. For us, that meant that as much as we need to be working apart, we need to come together as a team. Yeah, we are. The team had a really good call today and we were able to connect with Alex. To with staff also in locations across the country in Los Angeles and San Francisco, embracing technology has been key. We had our first all-hands meeting this morning via video chat, something that we've never done before in our 18-year history. Um, and it was a wonderful moment because people really wanted to, to come together and share. We made sure that everybody had their moment on camera to, to speak to the company and just to see each other's faces was so nice. Um, so we're adapting in, in those kinds of ways. Uh, we're trying to over-communicate, um, asking each other how we are and how we feel. How are our families affected? Are you feeling well? Are you nervous? Um, people you know, need to feel cared for. Um, and as a small business, we are a lot like a family. Um, so that's really important to me. It's our culture that um, is kind of front and center for me right now. As circumstances evolve, particularly how human interactions happen with restrictions on movement becoming more commonplace, COVID-19 has become a moving target for everyone. I'm nervous. We're all nervous. There is no certainty in this time. We don't know how long this will carry on. We can make provisions for our you know, 90 day period, but um, all you can do is trust that you're making the right decisions um, for you, for your company, for your family, um, and constantly be thinking ahead. I think planning is, is the key. The long-term strategy 
not just keeping everyone healthy, but ensuring, despite the unexpected headwinds, that businesses like Factory PR are able to keep the lights on. I'm Sherwin Bryce Pease in New York. Hello. To celebrate African women's achievements, self-emancipation, human rights and democracy, listen to Humanity, Women in Unity, an advocacy radio program against all forms of gender-based discrimination and violence against women. Humanity, Women in Unity, on Channel Africa every Thursday at 5 past 10 Central African Time and every Sunday at 5 past 6 Central African Time. Humanity, Women in Unity, with Dr. Amalea Gones malka every Thursday at 5 past 10 Central African Time and every Sunday morning at 5 past 6 Central African Time. Channel Africa, celebrating African women's achievements, the voice of the African Renaissance, from an African perspective. Our economics update up next with Tabiso Luhuku. Good morning. You're listening to Channel Africa. Australia's national airline Qantas has announced that it will ground all international flights. Qantas and its subsidiary Jetstar say they will also enforce temporary work breaks for 30,000 staff. Qantas, like other airlines around the world, has been severely impacted as several countries closed national borders to try to hold the spread of the coronavirus epidemic. There are more than 200,000 cases across the globe and close to 9,000 deaths. The BBC Shaima Khalil reports. Two-thirds of the Qantas and Jetstar employees have been temporarily stood down from late March until at least the end of May. The airlines will also suspend all international flights after the federal government called on Australians to avoid travelling overseas. Qantas has said that some scheduled flights would continue to later this month to help those travelling back home to Australia. Elsewhere, Tasmania has declared a state of emergency with all non-essential travellers to the remote southern island state to be forced to put themselves into 14 days of quarantine from Friday. The UN's International Labour Organization has warned that the coronavirus pandemic could increase global unemployment by 25 million. Globally, the number of infections has surpassed 200,000 with over 8,500 deaths registered. As many industries are hit, such as tourism and travel, they are fears that businesses could affect retrenchments and staff cuts in order to keep afloat. The BBC's Andrew Walker. The ILO says prospects for the global economy and employment in particular are deteriorating rapidly. It says there are worrisome signs of a global recession. It warns that unemployment could rise by close to 25 million, which is more than the increase caused by the global financial crisis a decade ago. The report says that underemployment, people working fewer hours than they want, is also expected to increase on a large scale. The ILO calls for governments to make extensive, coordinated efforts to provide employment and support incomes. The South African government has published regulations limiting the sale, dispensing or transportation of liquor 
in its efforts to curb the spread of the coronavirus. The new regulations were gazetted on Wednesday by Cooperative Governance Minister Dr. Nkosazana Zuma. Mamukete Marumo has more. According to the regulations, all premises selling liquor which provide accommodation must implement measures to stop the spread of COVID-19, provided that adequate space is available in respect of hygienic conditions and limitation of exposure to persons with COVID-19 are adhered to. No special or events liquor licenses may be considered for approval during the duration of the national state of disaster. All on-consumption premises selling liquor must be closed between 6 p.m. and 9 a.m. the next morning on weekdays and Saturdays and from 1 p.m. on Sundays and public holidays. Mamukete Marumo, SABC News. The exhibition and events industry of South Africa says it will lose millions of U.S. dollars due to the impact of the coronavirus pandemic. Government has declared a national state of disaster prohibiting major events until the 15th of June. Spokesperson for the industry, Carol Weaving, says that some of the companies will not survive this period. Several international music concerts and exhibitions scheduled to take place in South Africa have been cancelled. Weaving says that the industry will need some support. Obviously, you're paying, you know, you're having to pay various costs to market the event. So if the event is cancelled last minute, of course, the organiser... Um, obviously is going to be losing a lot of money. Um, But I think more importantly than the suppliers and all of the guys that are building the infrastructure around the event, you know, they they are then told that they're not needed necessarily, if you get my drift. So everybody's cancelling events left, right and centre for the right reasons. But I do believe that we need some government intervention to assist these suppliers and some of the smaller businesses around this uh, particular industry sector. The U.S. dollar is trading at 365 Nigerian Nara 33, 11 Botswana Pula 34, 102 Kenyan Shilling 96, and 16 Zambian Kwacha 47. One U.S. dollar will cost you 5 Brazilian Roll 7, 78 Russian Ruble 44, 74 Indian Rupee 34, 7 Chinese Yuan 2, and 16 South African Rand 89. 84 pence, British pound, 91 cents euro, gold 1,471, platinum 610 dollars per ounce, brand crude oil, 25 dollars 15 cents a barrel. It's Channel Africa from an African perspective. A sports update up next with Figile Lingwati. Figile confusion. Minister of Sports, football can be played behind closed doors. Um, the PSL leadership, games are suspended, decision will be taken today. And uh, Safa. It comes out hard. Comes out hard yes. and says all games cancelled. Yeah, confusion. well, that's a very big confusion. And we, we're not privy to the meeting that uh, the PSL had with the minister because uh, there was a minister with all the, the federations mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. So we don't know what Safa said to the minister to, to convince him that they can still play. But uh, also, Safa is the custodian of football in South Africa, so they can take a decision again to say, no, we don't see it fit for everybody to play, giving their, their, their excuse or their reasons for that. So now it, it's going to but be... But now w- the confusion, we, we have the on the one hand, um, 
uh, Irvin Koza and, and Kaiser Mudawung speaking one thing, saying one thing, and then on the other hand, Danny Yordan saying something else. Yes, yeah, because they are the, because PSL is a business, so you can say anything about your business, your private business, mm. but now they. The, the custodian, like the the, the, the authority, yeah, the authority will say something. So you have to discuss and go and agree with the authority. So now Safa is going to 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 to, to meet PSL, obviously, while PSL meets the board of governors today. So mm-hmm. that decision will come from today. The priority is uh, self isolation, fourteen days. Yeah, that's a good idea. You know, they come from India. It's one of those countries as well that have been hard hit by COVID-19. So the better way is to isolate yourself for 14 days. It's the law from WHO. And that helps. It helps everybody and your family to keep the numbers very low because South Africa is rising and rapidly rising uncontrollably. Give us an update. In our sports update, the Comrades Marathon Association CMA has defended its stance on the 2020 race, which it said via a statement it remains on schedule for the 14th of June, pending a review meeting in four weeks. This came in the wake of coronavirus outbreak that is currently sweeping the world. The announcement by CMA was criticized by Sports Minister Natim Tetua, who called it a terrible and irresponsible declaration. But in an email to the SEBC, race chairperson Cheryl Wynne said there appeared to be a misunderstanding perhaps related to misleading media reports on the matter. Wynne clarified that no final decision on the comrades had yet been taken. And football news, the South African Football Association President and Confederation of African Football CAF Vice President Denny Jordan has reiterated their stance that no football will take place in South Africa at least until the 4th of April due to the ongoing COVID-19 virus pandemic. SAFA decided there will be no matches. It's not possible to play. That's it. It's not possible to play. I indicated to him that the idea of playing behind closed doors does not work. On the 16th, we issued a press statement indicating it does not work. There's no evidence anywhere in the world that is working. Uh, Russia tried to play, then they now postponed. So why should we try something that has already failed? And once players or officials become positive and affected, then what are the statistics say? What are the, the, first world country, the first world countries like Italy, Spain, Switzerland have tried to play uh, football behind closed doors. But we have had a situation where it hasn't really materialized or given good uh, results. We had had a situation where um, some players had to be quarantined for 14 days after playing behind closed doors. So we, we do not really advocate for it to continue because of, of those reasons. That is Denny Jordan, South African President, Confederation African Football Vice President and President, and Dr. Tulani Nguenya of South African Football Association, reiterating their stance on why they deem it fit not to continue with football in South Africa. That's your Sport News this hour. Africa, rise and shine. Africa, Zorka. Africa, Amuka.
UNAR. Recapping our top stories on Africa Rise and Shine at the Sawa. Zambia confirms two the first two cases of coronavirus and Chinese billionaire donates coronavirus test kits to African countries. That wraps up Africa Rise and Shine today. For myself, Lulu Gabu, producers Pumutura Magaza and Jane Rabutata, technical producer Mario Edwards and the rest of the team, thank you for joining us. For comments about our show, send us an email at infochannelafrica.org or tweet us at Rise Shine Africa. Are taking us to the top of our folding news, it's tribute Birding Gobeni with a song titled Makumete.